Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes! Yes! Y'all! From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, all the places, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local, mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is becapped today. She's the Duchess of the Door. She's Ashley Pickle. I have a hat on. It's grody outside. It is grody, and it is going to be grody. Mm-hmm. This is uh, this is a, your weather report here. Yeah, gonna be grody, <laughs> like all day. Yeah, and all night. Maybe not all night. I think it's gonna blow through by about nine thirty, right? At least here locally. Let's see. In scenic Louisville, Texas. Possibly. Anyway, uh, today is Friday, November fourth, twenty twenty-two, the final Friday night of the Texas high school football regular season. Uh, epi- or happy birthday, or I'm sorry, it's 20 days till Thanksgiving. Whoa. Sorry, I was missed that. Uh, 20, 20 days till it Thanksgiving. It looks like it's supposed to blow over by 5 tonight, is what this weather app is saying. Now, what's your weather app now? Um, episode, uh, happy 53rd birthday to Matthew McConaughey, the Minister of Culture. There you go. It's episode 1,491. On today's show, my brothers and my sisters, we're going to unveil the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Then we're going to unveil the Dairy Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. We're going to recap Wild and Wooly Thursday night of Texas High School Football, a massive week of Thursday night of Texas High School Football, like unprecedented. I think I'm comfortable saying it's unprecedented. I wish more people, I wish it would stay like this. Not not maybe this big, but a Uh little bit. Uh, like uh, I gotta be on it. Okay, we'll I get we'll get that. We'll get that. Let's let's like let's it. table that. We'll yeah. table that. I got uh, some takes. And then it's gonna be helpful Honda Mailback Friday. So we're answering your questions about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, everything you've got. Um, brackets. If you want to talk about brackets, we can talk about that coming up here at the back half of the program. Get your questions out on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We'll get to as many as we can. Pickle said we have a hard out at twelve forty five, so we have a hard out at twelve forty five. Yeah. Do we first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, just Chad, Tony Blaylock, and Paul Roberts. Welcome in, fellas. You know what? I was thinking of Paul Roberts the other day. Hi, Paul. Um, Because we got some photos from him. He's one of our fantastic photographers. Mm -hmm. And Paul Roberts used to be known on this show as Paul Roberts, whose football opinions you can trust. (laughs) Which is true. He knows football. Anyway, hi, Paul. 
All right, Pickle. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the leading publication for all things football in the state of Texas, and the Tax Act Texas Bowl are proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Each week, Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates 10 deserving candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it to you to vote at texasfootball.com. Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. It is. Check your watch. Is it shortly thereafter? Uh, it is, in fact, shortly thereafter. Your Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week is... Boom! Brian Benavides from Laredo United South. The running back carried the ball 36 times for 282 yards and four touchdowns on the ground with another 41 yards receiving. Congratulations to all the nominees. Denton Geyer, defensive back Peyton Bowen, Beckville running back and linebacker Bo Hammonds, Colleen Harker, highs running back Rashawn Sanford, Franklin running back Jaden Jackson, Poteet defensive tackle Joe Nathan Guzman, Cypher quarterback uh, Trey Owens, San Antonio Highlands wide receiver DeAnthony Johnson, Alvarado quarterback Cardia Collier, and Mediola athlete Dawson Pendergrass. But a very special congratulations to the Week 10 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week, Brandon Benavides, running back out of Laredo United South. Very well-deserved young man. I am not, let me rephrase that just to be clear. I am not <laughs> upset about Brandon Benavidez winning. Brandon Congratulations, my dude. What I am upset about is I need to go into Mineola, stand on like the courthouse and say, hey, vote for Dawson Pendergrass. <laughs> that poor guy. I mean, come on. It's got to be at least four The times. internet must be not working very well out in it's Mineola. It's got to be at least four times he's been nominated. Awful. No excuse. He's the Susan Lucci of Mr. <laughs> Texas <laughs> But congratulations again to Brandon Benavides. Not upset for him. Absolutely. No, upset at well Mineola, deserved. Texas. Very well deserved. <laughs> Derry Max Bill, and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up again this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Dave Campbell's Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week. week let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at Season 10. Your Week 10 Dairy Max built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week is... Drumroll. Boom! Frisco Lone Star Defensive Coordinator Kyle Mosakowski in a veritable must-win game. The Rangers defense to tall, holding Frisco to just 101 yards total offense and a 13-3 win. Congratulations to all the nominees. Lumberton Defensive Coordinator Chase McDonald, Fort Ben Dulles Defensive Coordinator Austin Lancaster, and San Antonio Wagner Offensive Coordinator Kevin Auten. But a very special congratulations to the Week 10 Dairy Max, built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week, Kyle Mosakowski, defensive coordinator at Frisco Lone Star High School. Texas football today's very own. He is been on he's sat in this chair yeah and talked about uh eating a lot of cake right was, was that what they sushi. ate no it was, it was an ice cream cake ice cream cake that's what it is they like fudgy the whale yeah anyway shout out to coach moskowski <laughs> and now a word from our friends at vcr now born and bred in texas hits a little different as it should texas love doing business with fellow texans vcr now takes its texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state it's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs 
in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. All right, Pickle, it's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score a award. Uh, well, we're going to... In three, two... It's time for Helpful Honda Mailbag Friday. The North Texas Honda dealers want to help you score some deals on award-winning Hondas like the rugged and reliable 2023 Ridgeline. Stop by your Helpful Honda dealer today or visit ntxhondadealers.com to learn more. Thank you, Honda. Uh, You can tell that we do not work on prompter at Bally. Yeah, no. Because reading things is so not hard. Our, not <laughs> if, our strong. If you suit. looked at us and said, "I need the two of you to talk for four hours consistently," we'd be like, awesome. "Cool." No They're big like, deal. "I need you to read this one sentence line," and uh, we're like, "Words." Uh, <laughs> I, I'm an that, awful reader. <laughs> have I ever seen that word? It's taha. Oh, it's the. Yeah, the anyway. yeah. Uh, anyway, time for help on a mailbag Friday. Get your questions in on high school football, college football recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Speaking of which. Um, um, going back to that conversation just real fast, I I only call because it annoys ish. I don't call y'all writers. I call you typers because tell me the last time that you've actually like written something. You know, like y'all are typers. You're not writers. <laughs> okay, I don't know if I love that. Exactly. But okay. See, but it's funny because legitimately, you don't write anything. You type. <laughs> yeah, but ri- I know. I'm not going to argue with you about I know. the art, the art of writing. Anyway, um, okay, let's talk a little bit about last night. Last night was a big game, a big week across the state of Texas. And we talked about this before, and I, we tabled it, but I want to get to this. I wonder, I wonder if are, this do is you wonder? an inflection point, and we're going to see more Week 11 Thursday games next year. Yep. That, that teams are going to go to each other and say, hey, you know what? Let's go ahead and move it up to Thursday, get an extra week, extra day before the playoffs. I wonder if that's going to be the case. I wonder if they're going to get a taste, they're going to realize they like it, and they're going to move forward. And I've got to be honest, this is a selfish thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you had this feeling last night. Oh. I was sitting there working and like just doing like normal stuff, kind of, you know, starting filling in like ranking stuff, just, you know, who won and lost and stuff, just a lot of the basic stuff, still doing brackets, this, that, and the other. And then like it dawned on me that it was Thursday night. And I was like, it was the weirdest feeling. Mm -hmm. It was the weirdest feeling. Because it was a complete night of high school football. Oh, yeah. There were, there will, I mean, there are going to be more games tonight than there were last night, right? Mm -hmm. Because, but it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Because there were 231 last night. I think there were 569 total. Mm -hmm. And so let's just say there's 40 on Saturday, right? So it's like, let's just say there's 300. Just that's some real quick and dirty math, but like, like, this was a massive night of high school football. And as somebody who has a ton to do, mm-hmm. 
I kind of love it. Man, I loved it for a lot of different reasons. One, I honestly think, like, if you want to take, I'll talk about our side first. One, yes, absolutely, makes our lives so much easier to be able to start having so many more results put in on Thursday rather than Friday. Two, just from a normal Thursday night football perspective, like, usually I'm at a game. Last night I was not able to be at a game because I was my day job was getting in the way. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the the being able to take that and really dive into some of those games and the numbers and everything like that to not have to do that in the sum of all the Friday stuff yeah. so much fun and also too I mean to be honest one that gives the coaches more time to figure out you know if they know who they're playing where they're going to be playing at mm-hmm. and then also it gives their kids an extra an extra day heading into playoffs to be able to get a little rest and I don't see anyone that would be like, oh, at week 11, too, you want that extra day. You're not worried about trying to adjust your schedule as much. So here's a perfect example example of of one that I thought last night was interesting. So um, Richmond Randall played at Huntsville last night. and It was more or less straight up for a playoff spot. It ended up that the winner did get in. Huntsville won, and they got in the playoffs. Randall would have gotten in with a win, but there was other things. It was in concert with things, but you know what I'm saying. But as you think about that, if Randall had to drive, that's a two-hour drive from Richmond to, to Huntsville. Mm-hmm. Let's say that they didn't move the game to tonight, or they didn't move the game from tonight. Let's say they get on the road, they get to Huntsville, it's lightninged out. They drive back. Then they got to drive, theoretically, back to Huntsville the next day. Mm-hmm. You're spending eight hours in, on the bus. Mm-hmm. And you're losing a day of prep ahead of there. And it also takes away the possibility of playing a Thursday night high school football or a playoff game next week yes. because you got to satisfy the five-day rule. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I do wonder if you're going to start to see sh- a schedule shift uh, mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, I was a big fan of that. Keep, keep doing that. So last night, about last night, the games of the night, I thought, were in, in large part lived up to the hype. Melissa stuns Lovejoy late to win the district championship. It's a great win for Love, for, for Melissa. Mm-hmm. I have serious questions about Lovejoy heading into the playoffs. I've had serious questions about Lovejoy since I saw him play North Crowley. <laughs> I've, got Being some, I've got some questions. They don't got that dog in them. Um, but Melissa, it's a great win for them. I'm very impressed with Trevor Ham and what he's been able to do at, at the quarterback spot. That was a great win. I think that spoke a lot to the non-district schedule that Melissa had, too, because they scheduled mm-hmm. tough. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was exactly the type of game that they look yeah. back on and go, that's why we yeah. did that. Yeah. Um, we talked about it yesterday, but Fort Penn Marshall and Dayton. Uh, Fort Penn Marshall puts it on them. They win, it, I want to say, 52-21, something along those lines. And... That does feel like exactly what you need heading into the playoffs. This feels like a much more battle-tested Fort Ben Marshall team, mm-hmm. uh, and should, that should uh, that should you know behoove them going forward. And not just battle-tested, like a like dominantly yeah. battle-tested. The elsewhere, okay, the Kilgore game that and Steph Chapel was at. Hill. Chapel yep. Hill beats Kilgore thirty-two to twenty. In large part thanks to just big explosive plays, which yep. is kind of their calling card. They hit home runs. They're home running team. I'm very impressed with that defense. Mm-hmm. That defense has come a long way. Mm-hmm. A long way because that's a big, physical, long view or Kilgore team that kind of you know bears down on you, and they had they were more than capable of that. I'm I I want to see when the brackets come out, and I want to see the path that they would have to walk out of Region Three. It's difficult. It's tough. But I don't know the I'm, level. I'm of willing difficult. to put them back into that conversation mm-hmm. though. Like to me, they lose their first two and they look ugly. Like, bad losses. One of them was a Gilmer, right? The other one was to Van, which is an 
okay loss, right? But since then, they rattle off the final eight. That's Mm -hmm. impressive. I also don't throw dirt on Kilgore. It's also a chance that that's the first of two meetings we see between them. Mm -hmm. So very impressed by by Chapel Hill and their win last night. Um, Elsewhere, what else was was popping last night? There was a couple of near misses. Timpson got in a dogfight with... um, with uh who were they playing last night joaquin no no Um, they've already played joaquin um timpson got in a dog fight with i've got it here uh garrison yes 30 44 yeah they play joaquin like 44 38 their defense is uh, now it doesn't matter because terry bussey went off right um but you know they finished 10 and 0 other games of note last night, I'm trying to think. Oh, a, a, a couple six-man games that got moved up. Balmeray beat Sanderson. Uh, I did not know that game got moved up Thursday, but Balmeray beat Sanderson to win the district, um, and so they are into the playoffs uh, rolling as district champions with the one loss only in the opener to Westbrook? Somebody? Anyway, um, so keep an eye on Balmeray. They look very good. Uh, elsewhere across the, uh, the the state of Texas, um, I'm trying to think of anything anything else that really caught my eye. There, yeah, like no, I said, there are a couple of near misses. Quero was Quero was tied with Lagrange at halftime. Quero and and Lagrange were knotted up at seven at half, and then they won like fifty six to seven. Uh, so they they woke up from their their first half nap and and put it on them. But that was uh, that was oh. Uh... <laughs> God, did you see this? You see this, Kev? Did you see the Trinity and Bell? Oh, my God. So, Bell had not... It had been 24 years that Bell had not beat Trinity. And by the way, they played every year. To they, be clear, when we say 24 years, we don't mean consecutive. like... Consecutive. Oh, yeah, like they played in... in, in 1924, 19, yeah, 19, you know, and then they took a 20-year hiatus. Off. No. They have lost 24 straight. They are up up everyone's going oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen all of a sudden i pull up twitter they lost yeah trinity ended up which good win for trinity honestly which is a program that has been pretty stinking down this year to claw your way back but a heartbreaker to bell 1997 was has since mm-hmm. 1997, since I've been alive, yeah. they have not won. And 27-24, that one was just like, come on, man. <laughs> um, Fullshear uh, beats Richmond Foster. Mm, yeah. it's, it's such a great win and such a great year for Nick Caduti and, and Fullshear. And now, Nine and one, right? Yeah, they're only lost to Angleton. Yeah, and now Richmond Foster is in uh, scoreboard watching mode. They need mm-hmm. uh, they need Friendswood to beat Magnolia West if they're going to get into the playoffs. And that would be the second time that they've missed the playoffs. Last mm-hmm. year when they missed it, it was the first time since 2007. Mm-hmm. So things not going ideally. Flew under the radar, but Katie Morton Ranch won last night. They beat Katie Jordan. That seals Katie to Division Two. We thought that was going to be the case, there, but there was a path for Katie to go D1 still. That will not happen. Katie is going to the Division Two bracket uh, as Morton Ranch gets the win last night. Uh, a shout-out to Brazoswood. Brazoswood beats Clear Lake 52-24 in what was a straight-up playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a team that had not had a winning season or made the playoffs in a decade since 2012, and Joe Dale Carey shows up in year one and gets them 7-3 and into the playoffs. That is a hell of a, a coaching job what he was able to do. I don't know if you saw, I tweeted this out last night, but I stumbled upon the fact that Clear Lake has a linebacker named uh, Cecil uh, Dessendorfer, and I just think that that's a fantastic Hell yeah, name. brother. He said, Coach described him as a true motor throwback player that's tough as nails and always around the ball. So I tweeted that out, and then people start tagging him, and they're like, he's a beast, and Cecil's Mr. Uh, Cecil Senior, I guess. Papa Cecil is the name of his thing. He commented. So, uh, anyway. What's his name? 
uh, Cecil C. Dessendorfer. Dessendorfer. Yeah, uh, but his Maybe dad's that. his dad's Twitter handle is at Papa Cecil underscore D. Amazing. Love him. Papa Cecil. Which still falls into the playoffs because we got Dub the Coyote last night. And dub for president. Dub the Coyote got tweeted. I put I quote tweeted and I said playoff found Dub. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, not sure if you saw, but Coppell beat Plano. Now Plano, Plano is interesting. Plano lost their final. I thought they were playing Plano East. No, Coppell played play Plano. Plano, okay. Plano. Um, Coppell finishes nine and one. The bit, like the bit of, I want you to put the word out there that we back up, is kind of venturing on not a bit anymore. Anymore. <laughs> like they're nine and one, and like pretty good. They get McKinney in round one, and that'll be a real dogfight. Um, Midlothian Heritage survives Everman mm-hmm. by one point in a real fun game. Is that the second or third game Everman has had a one point game? They're, they're, I know they their have one two, was Stephen They have two Bill losses, was. and they're both by one, one point. point. Yeah. God darn it. Um, Bad luck, E block. So there's that. Um, and then, the shout-out of the night. The shout-out of the night belongs to the Rough Riders of Boys Ranch. Mm-hmm. Boys Ranch, you may remember as the team that snapped the 49-game losing streak last year. Um, I believe we had Aaron Wampler on our show. Yeah. Um, they're into the playoffs. They beat Booker last night. And uh, Boys Ranch, for the first time in 14 years is going dancing. Well, and uh, explain wh- that, because I don't know if everyone knows. Like, So so Boys Ranch is uh, located on Cal Farley's Boy- Boys Ranch up there in the Panhandle mm-hmm. up near Amarillo. I've passed by it before. Yes. Um, and Boys Ranch is a, um, it's a school for, for, uh, for troubled, uh, like, tru- uh, at risk. At risk, yeah. There you go. That's the way I want to put it. Uh, for at-risk youth. Uh, it's, a, it's a home for at-risk youth that pl- also plays football and plays basketball and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they had been down bad, like one of the worst place, one of the worst teams in, in the state. They'd lost 49 consecutive games before they won a game last year. They had not made the playoffs since 2008. Uh, they haven't had a winning season since 2008. Uh, but they are in the win come. That is, by the way, the only time they've ever made the playoffs. It's the second time they've ever made the playoffs. Been playing since 1962. Um, That's awesome. In the UIL. The, the, the celebration video that was shared on Twitter was very, They're very cool. Dancing, and that is one of the stories of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. A big win over Booker last night to, to clinch a playoff spot. So congratulations to the Rough Riders of Boys Ranch. Uh, very, very well deserved there. All right, Pickle. Let's get to some questions. Uh, I'm sure if there's some Thursday cleanup, if you got questions about that, we can ask those. But if we didn't get to it. So anyway, what you got? Um, let's head down to the RGV, and it's it's a matchup that we've talked about a lot, but I think that it's even more prevalent now. What is the chance of PSJ North and Vela for the five five A Division One Region Four so championship? So let me see if I can pull up the the, the bracket as it stands right now. So it would they would meet in a regional final. Mm-hmm. PSJA North is going to have, assuming that they take care of business, uh, they would have a second round date with Corpus Christi Miller. Yes. That is, and then Vela might have a second round date with Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial. Mm-hmm. That's the real turn. To me, if they get past that, if they win those games, mm-hmm. the area round games against the teams from District 14, Miller for PSGA North and Vets for, for Vela, I think that would be the favorite. Right. I think it would at that point they would be favored to meet in a regional final. And I would like to say I think that they would be favored in, as it stands right now. I think they would be favored in that game, but that's a huge hump to get over when push let comes me, to let shove. Me see, let me see what I can find here. According to our computer, right? And the computer's not perfect. The computer's an unfeeling robot. Mm-hmm. Both Vela and PSJA North would be favorites in that game. Mm-hmm. 
both That's what I figured. baby favor, according to the computer. But at the same time, the computer doesn't know history. The mm-hmm. computer doesn't know pressure. The computer doesn't know all of the things, all the Two the of those teams are very used to being yes. there. Two of them yes. are not. Yes, absolutely. Both the, the two teams have made deep playoff runs of late, and it ain't the teams that we're talking about. So the computer can only tell you that. The computer thinks that on paper they would be favored. So on paper, the favorite to make a regional final would be PSJ North and Edinburgh Vela. But they don't play games on paper. So, we'll see. We'll see. What's next, Pickle? Uh, we'll stay down in kind of that area. Go a little bit west. Amarillo. <laughs> Montana. Mont- Montana. <laughs> if We're you, heading up to Montana. If you ask me a high school football question about Montana, you're fired. <laughs> Not you. I'm talking to the, the viewers. Oh, like, cool. you're fired. I'll fire you. <laughs> I was like, dude, you fired me 75,000 times, saying, and I just keep sh- I think you haven't fired me in a while because I think you know that it's not going to work. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. keep showing up. Um, a suddenly kind of interesting game here that I think at the beginning of the year we thought was going to be halfway through the season. No. Uh, Gregory Portland and Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. So both of them kind of mm-hmm. having tur- – Gregory Portland, you'll remember, they lost their quarterback super early yep. on, and we kind of plummeted them down. Flower Bluff got some early losses, and we plummeted them down. But now they're both 4-0 and vying for the district championship tonight. Yeah, uh, it is a district title game there in District 15-5A Division One, um, and Division Two rather. And – what I appreciate about Gregory Portland is that they've just figured it out. <laughs> they really have. Their two losses are, by the way, to unbeaten teams, mm-hmm. Bernie and Corpus Christi Cal Allen. And, um, and both teams that are looking really, really good. good. Like really, really good. <laughs> the question for me is that, and especially I would compare this Flower Bluff team because Flower Bluff enters this uh, game, uh, two losses, I want to say? Three. They, uh, three losses. Six, Six and three. three. Flower Bluff's losses on the year, according to the computer that I'm playing, they also have a loss to Bernie, a close one. They also have a loss to Cal Allen, and they have a loss to Alice. Mm-hmm. Um, two of those were close, one of them was not. What is interesting to me is when you take a look at the Gregory Portland defense, the offense that they're going to face tonight against Flower Bluff probably profiles closer to Bernie. That is when their defense had their worst game. So, can uh, guys like uh, Jaden Palcio, the the quarterback for for Flower Bluff, and and the running game get going against this uh, against this Gregory Portland defense? That's the question for me. Um, I think I like G Port, uh, especially at home. I think that I think that that is going to be my pick. But this is a one possession game. This is a this is a coin flip type game. Very intrigued by it. I I am going with Gregory Portland. I think, I think their defense is better. I think like, their defense I think has that improved. Def- I just don't know if Flower. But this is the, this Bluff- also this is also in my opinion the second best offense they faced. I right. Yeah. I think it's a better offense. It's hard to say that, but like it's I think it's a better offense than Cal Allen's. At least it's a more explosive offense than Cal Allen's, and so and especially more like it's going to have have. 10 weeks to cook. Uh, so that is, that's what I'm interested in, in finding out is how does Gregory Portland handle this, this, this flower bluff offense? I think I like G port, but flower bluffs offense, I think could pose some big issues there. So there you go. What is next? Mademoiselle pickle. How will four a division one region two district six end up? Jeez. <laughs> you could just say district six, district four a division one. Is that what you want? Yes. Is that what you're asking? Apparently. Okay. okay. Six four A Division One. Let's go to it. The Lake Worth District, I guess. I suppose it is. Yeah. Okay. Sounds, sounds right. So, Kennedale is now, I believe, Kennedale is the only team left to play in this district. 
Mm-hmm. And if they win, then they win the district championship, right? Because they've got the head-to-head win over um, Lake Worth. Uh, but if Dunbar wins, then at that point, Dunbar doesn't have one. No, and then so at that point, Lake Worth would be the district champion, and then you would be talking about a third-place Kennedale team. So Kennedale, I believe, can only finish first or third here. Um I like Kennedale in this game. I think Kennedale is going to win the district championship. I think they're going to go out there. They had that. They had that. That kind of weird. They had that weird hiccup uh, a couple of weeks ago against when, Dunbar. Uh, against Dun. Against against. Uh, is that right? Lake Worth. No, oh, I got wait, that wrong. No, Lake I'm sorry. Kenna- got, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Lake Worth beat beat Kennedale. I'm sorry. I've got that wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ten so, to three. So it does not matter. Uh, Lake Worth's win last night solidifies them as a district champion. This is for second and third. The winner of the, I think Kennedale's going to win, be second place. I think Dunbar will be, uh, will, will uh, be third place. And then you've got Eastern Hills and Western Hills. And who won that game head to head? Eastern Hills and Western Hills. Uh, Western Hills won. So it'll be Western Hills fourth. So Lake Worth, I like Kennedale to beat uh, Dunbar tonight. And then Western Hills fourth would be my projection. So I hope that's helpful as I'm reading. Districts. I have. I'll be honest. I've not paid a ton of attention to six four A Division One no. in the past couple because like it's very top heavy. So those two mm-hmm. teams. After we got past that Lake Worth and Kennedale game, it was just like okay, yeah, kind of wake me up to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, wake me up to the playoffs game. Sir. All right. What's next? Um, have we ever had a state championship with the roof open? If not, what are the chances we get one? No, it's not going to happen. No. Uh, I mean. I do. Oh, oh! You mean at AT and T? TNT. Yeah. I mean, technically, the roof was open at at Texas Stadium. Yeah. Right. Because it. Um. But no, I think it's zero percent. Yeah. It won't it's happen. the like, reason they play them there is because we don't have to worry about weather. Is because, yeah. I mean, and go look at. I mean, this is now a tangent. Mm-hmm. Go look at the history of AT and T Stadium, and when they open the roof, it's barely ever. Almost never. Yeah. Almost never. They literally did last weekend, and that's the first time all season that they have. They'll do it, yeah. And, the like, they – one of oh, one of the things that Because this goes back bothers, to your Rangers right It does. <laughs> one of the things that bothers me about retractable roofs, I'm down with retractable roofs, but I want there to – I want it to default to open. That's for me. I want it to default to open. Mm-hmm. I understand that if you need a – if you want it to be the most level playing field and you want weather to play no factor in it, fine. Seal it up and go. But I want for retractable roofs, I want the the default to be open, right? Um, one of my favorite trips I ever took, my wife and I went to Seattle. Seattle has a ballpark, Safeco Field, mm-hmm. that has a, I think it's still Safeco Field, that has, yeah, a, it a, it has a, a retractable roof. We went to two games up there one of them with the roof closed because it was raining the other one with the roof open even though it was like in the 50s mm-hmm. right i think that's great i think for me i would rather those i would rather default to the roof being open mm-hmm. with that said a at&t stadium does not share in that that belief system with me no. and b i know that the uil one of the reasons that they really value their partnership with AT&T Stadium and why when the only time the single-site state championship games have not been at AT&T Stadium was at the NFL state, the other NFL stadium in the state, and why the only other place that they would, in my opinion, I haven't really pinned a UIL member down about this, but the only other place they would consider would be the Alamo the Dome. dome. Yeah. It is is because they value that indoor, like, thing. Yeah. It's also better... I mean, to get into the weeds, it's better for TV. It's better for a lot of different things. So right. I love the idea of it. Yeah. 
December's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, even though even though it's not going to, you know, it'll only be in the 50s here, but like... I, but I'll tell Texas? you though, man, the wind, the wind around AT&T Stadium is always insane. Oh, I don't care what time of year Arlington's it is. It can pretty be pretty flat. Yeah, it it so does it gets, not it matter. Um, but it is cold with that wind. And I have been in AT&T Stadium before at a Cowboys game when they had the roof open, and it was probably in the you know upper 70s that day. Mm-hmm. And when you get up there anywhere the third or fourth level when they have that thing open because when they open the roof, the roof is not the only thing that opens. They also open the glass that's on the side of the mm-hmm. stadium, which is where the wind, the direction that the wind is typically blowing, mm-hmm. um, even at 70-something. And I know I'm a weenie, but it it's very chilly with the wind up there. Yeah. So, so it's just not going to happen in December because the whole concourse yeah. would be open to the wind. Yeah. So there you go. I love the idea. Love that energy. Just not going to happen. Not realistic. What's next, Michael? Um, hypothetically, you're an SMU fan. Mm. How do you feel about Coach Dyke's instant success at your rival school? If you're just talking from a fan's perspective, you hate it. There's no way. If you're a diehard SMU fan and you see him go to your rival school, oh yeah, you're going to hate it. I've had talks with SMU fans who are really salty about it. They're real salty about yeah. it. And they should be. I mean, that's, that's what, you know, like, you know, how would you feel? If if the the head coach at your at your alma mater mm-hmm. went to your biggest rival, yeah, like that's what that's what happened there. Um, I imagine they're rooting against him in every game. Like yep. they don't want him. To, they don't want him to win. And, Which, and furthermore, if you're an SMU is, fan, they were rooting against TCU in every game anyway. Well, and the other <laughs> thing about that, the other thing for me, even though I think I I'm of the opinion, I, I don't know. I've kind of <laughs> I'm in like a post fan portion of my life where yes. I'm just like oh I'm just like <laughs> acknowledging uh, these things um, I think that like what Sonny Dykes did there at SMU uh, was really impressive and like helped to elevate that program and put them in a better place mm-hmm. and so I think like I think they should celebrate him but like I also know that's not how things work I think that they could celebrate him if he went to any other university. Right. I think okay. it's when you go to the rival that that's when if you're, you're the head coach in Michigan and you go to Ohio State, then you're going to be. That would be like Sark course. having unbelievable, like a, a really good stint at Texas and then going to Texas A&M or it, OU, yeah, yeah, or OU, right. yeah, either one. Um, no, but but I also here's the other thing: if you want to get like more like nitty gritty and, and nuts and bolts about this, if you're a T, if you're an SMU fan, and the problem with TCU having this kind of success is that you guys are theoretically going after the same kind of recruits. You're going after the same kind of mm-hmm. recruits. Now, TCU has always recruited better than SMU in a large uh, number of reasons, conference affiliation, and things right. like that. But also, like, that is another problem. You know what I mean? So, there you go. Um, the Seattle ballpark is T-Mobile Park. Now. T-Mobile not Park. Safe, Thank you. Not Safeco. Um, I am old. <laughs> thoughts on – this might be a game going a little bit under the radar, but thoughts on Colleen Ellison and Lake Belton tonight. Yeah, this is an interesting game, and it's got major playoff implications because I, I put out that tweet about, like, the games that are straight up not uh, – straight up for playoff spots. That would and, be this one. And this is this is not one – this doesn't qualify mm-hmm. because technically you could have had a log jam at, at, at uh, five and three. You cannot now because Shoemaker won, so they're six and two. So this is straight up a playoff game. The mm-hmm. winner is in, the loser's out. For Ellison, 
I just don't know if they can score enough. No. That's the biggest issue for me for Danny Servants' squad is that their offense has just been so fits and starts. And and especially in a game, in a game. Now, look, maybe the weather is going to tamp down the scoring. And maybe Micah Hudson won't be able to go off. But, like... This is like unfortunately like this is a this is a, a an Allison team that's only averaging like 23 points a game. Mm-hmm. And so their offense has been too inconsistent for me to trust. For like Belton they've just got the explosive offense and I, I like if they get to 31 points they're going to win in my opinion, right? This is very much this is going to sound like an insult and I don't mean it that way, but I view it in the same way that I view like A&M. Of like A&M's offense kind of is what they are right now, right? 28 points is probably where they're maxing out. Mm-hmm. Maybe they get to 35, they get to like a special team. So it's got to be on their defense to hold them down. Yep. Can they do that? Yes, I think their defense has been pretty good this year. But they're also going up against a pretty high-powered Lake Belton attack that I think is going to provide for some matchup problems for Ellison. That's yeah. why I like Lake Belton to get that final Yeah, if, it's, if you have a Lake Belton, if we look down at like we're going to say halfway through the second quarter and Lake Belton's at 21 points. It's, yeah. It's probably over. Probably over. At that I just point. have a hard time. Like uh, they can, they're capable of it. Mm-hmm. And now they're at halftime, if it's even 14, and you know, gonna then pull it's out like, all okay. The stops. They're going to, I mean, the, Danny Servants is going to, is going to, uh, you know, empty the bag, but like, I just don't know if I trust the Ellison offense enough. And I think that that Lake Belton offense is going to score. And so what do you do then? What's next pickle? Um, let's go down to the Houston, greater Houston area. Yeah. So Galveston Ball is gonna yes. is gonna win nine five A Division One. Yes, there's nothing. Oh, Galveston Ball is my most fascinating. So team. they have only allowed fourteen points. Yes, they, they've out of nine games. They had one their first game of the year against Lamarck. They allowed seven. They scored. And a, then, uh, Lamarck, I hold on because I'm fascinated because uh-huh. I've done the research. Lamarck scored a touchdown with about a minute left in the first half of their opener, mm-hmm. and then they pitched like seven straight shutouts. Yeah, they did not give up another seven points until they played Houston Walthrop on. Uh, October twenty second. Yes, and I want to say <laughs> that was it. also the in the second points. quarter. Yep. <laughs> yes. So they basically went like seven, almost seven full games, eight full games, shutting them out. So bye, Will. Bye, Willie. Bye, Will. Um, so um, you have that yes. likely to be matched up against either Foster or Magnolia West defense. Yeah. In the by district round would be insane. Yeah. Now hold on. Now let me make sure I, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I'm going to try to do a little bit of quick math here. No, there's not a way. That's unfortunate because the because the game I want to see, <laughs> the game I want to see is Galveston Ball and Fulshear. Yes, because Fulshear's offense is crazy. Crazy, and it's like, oh my gosh, what if like, we just like smash them together? Like, it really is for me like taking like action figures and just smash smashing them together. together. Yeah, right? the the Rock'em Sock'em robots are doing this. Okay, <laughs> right. I mean, and here's the thing. Magnolia West's offense is no slouch either. Like, their offense is, is humming right now, averaging something along the lines of 30 points a game, right? The, the Galveston ball is fascinating because their, their, their defense has been literally record-setting, and yet they have not played anyone. No. Anyone. Their best win is that win in week two on the road at Texas City when they won 7 nothing? 
Uh-huh. Okay? That's a good win. That's a, it's okay. A good, yeah, it's a good travel distance, too. But, like, they have been heavy favorites in every other game, at least two touchdown favorites in every other game. And so it's like, Galveston Ball is such a mystery box. Because, like, maybe, maybe they are just a product of a bad schedule. And they're going to face a team like Magnolia West or Richmond Foster in the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to get throttled. And they're going to give up 60 points, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that. Or maybe, maybe they're secretly the greatest defense of all time. time yeah. And we just don't know it yet. But we'll I'm figure it out. fascinated. I think it's probably somewhere in between. Yeah. But, like, I think they're a really good defense that also has benefited from a, from a bad schedule. Mm-hmm. But, like... I'm really interested. Yeah. I'm going to be locked in on Gal Ball and whoever they play in the first round. Galveston Ball is up there with my – they're like my pet team. Yes, and that like they are – my Hitchcock is yeah. – <laughs> me to Hitchcock is you to Galveston yeah, Ball. Yeah, Galveston Ball. <laughs> I'm fascinated by Sheldon Benite's squad. Yeah. Anyway. Which, oh, by the way, I know for a fact my Hitchcock love has been spread to the community of Hitchcock because I get tagged in, like, every Hitchcock tweet of all time. I like, Lloyd uh, Jones the third tags me in his highlights every single week, which it. is, like, their superstar quarterback. And I'm like, I, I could I could walk in and everyone would wave the See, Hitchcock you've flag. You've now been here long enough to understand the fun of just, like, picking a team, team. that makes you happy. Yes. And, like, Galveston Ball makes, makes me, me happy. happy. So, all right, let's do two more. Um, Okay. Here's uh we'll go we'll go here. On chicken strips, do you prefer ranch dressing or cream gravy? Well, it's real Sophie's choice there. Um I will just chicken strips? Yeah. Gravy. Now I know your answer because you mm, really? yes. Yeah. Okay. Well here's my deal. I get both. I get both. Porque porque no less dos. But when the chicken tenders are piping hot, I love them in the ranch. Mm-hmm. What I do is, and this is masterful thinking. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pat myself on the back here. Chicken strips stay hot for a long time. Yes. They, their, their shelf life is good. They stay hot. Yeah, so I like dipping them in the ranch because the ranch is cool. Fries, fries get cold quickly. So yeah. in order to reheat my fries naturally, I like dipping them in the gravy because the gravy is hot. Yes. That's my train of thought. Okay, I love it. I think that's fair, and I think that that's a thoughtful way of going about it. I say both. I've told you my Chicken Express order is I get the tendies, and I might be stopping there on the way home. Um, get the tendies, and I get the gravy. Like like I say, I want the ranch and the chipotle and the, and the jalapeno ranch, mm-hmm. and they always ask me. They always ask me. They're like, do you want the cream gravy, too? I'm like, yeah, I want the cream gravy. gravy. Yeah, that serendipity salt. Yep. Baby, give me that hot serendipity salt. Mm-hmm. All right, last one. Give me an ender. If you weren't covering football, what sport would you like to talk or write about? What sport would you like to cover? That's that's easy. Baseball. B- baseball. Yeah. Baseball. I baseball is 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 in my opinion. Baseball is in my opinion the ultimate talking sport. It is the sport that has the most amount of data to break down, the most yep. amount of debates going on, the most amount of I think because of the sheer number of data points mm-hmm. that you get and um and then like so for example like I kind mm. okay so playoff baseball is awesome and I'm not here to tell you that playoff baseball isn't awesome I think everyone even non-baseball fans can agree Thinks that playoff, playoff baseball is great yeah. like high high leverage baseball regular is season exciting. baseball yeah but is exciting mm-hmm. there's a small part of me that wishes that it was like the Premier League where it's like 
you play your games, and however the standings end at the end of the year, then you that's get the champion. Up. That's the champion, right? So mm-hmm. like, uh, whoever has the most wins, you get a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, you you play a round robin, you play everybody like the, the Premier League. You play a double round robin, you play everybody home and away. You play thirty eight matches. Number of points you got at the end, then tiebreaker, goal differential, et cetera, et cetera. You go from there. Um, because you are taking a game and you're making it like you're taking a game that is ultimately about stamina and you're making it about sudden bursts. Mm-hmm. And I don't there, there is a certain element that of, of me that's that's like like I think for, that's for why example, people think, like, I think the Astros season. are going to win the World Series yeah. like now after they won last night. Um, I do not think the Phillies are the second best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. I think they're the hottest team right now. Mm-hmm. Right, I think the hottest team. Go back to something that, that haunts my dreams. I do not think the St. Louis Cardinals were the best team in baseball in 2011. No. I'm not sure the Rangers were, but I I'm, I'm I don't think the Cardinals were the best team mm-hmm. in, in baseball in 2011. So there's a a certain element. Of me. Anyway, all of that is to say I would be covering baseball. I think baseball is fascinating. I, I grew up with baseball, and it's it's my it's my favorite sport to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh I mean, I love watching football, obviously, but right. like as just as a as a as a spectator mm-hmm. who can kind of turn your brain off. Right. That's the one. Because every time I watch football, I don't know if you're like this now. I'm just like sitting there just like thinking about like all the ramifications. Like, yes. It's hard. Last night when I was at I the game I can't turn with my Hank, brain off. Last night when I was at the game with Hank, I'm like sitting there like, <laughs> like kind of breaking out coverages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I'm like, I don't know what this drum I'm going to cover too. You know, stuff like that. Like, yep. like Hank's just there like, ah, look at the cheerleaders. You yep. know? So, anyway. Uh, that it? Uh, well, I have an answer. Let's go to Ashley Pickle. Sir? Um, it's a real toss-up for me between basketball or golf. Oh. Basketball or golf. I've told I've told everyone in this office, if the golf channel comes calling and says, hey, you want to live in Florida and cover golf? Like, see ya. <laughs> but... I I have a deep-rooted passion for basketball, but I run into the same issue with basketball as I do with football of that breaking down the coverage. Like, I get irrationally angry about scheme in basketball, so that's why, like, just talking golf is great. Yeah. You know, like, I enjoy it. I love watching it. I can turn my brain off. It's It's fantastic. Basketball, I almost get, like, irrationally angry because i'm like what why are you in zone you know like so it's a little mix of both but okay. those would be that would be my answer okay it's gonna do for us i think right mm-hmm. watch Bally sports southwest it's gonna be a weird show tonight this is can we say this i don't know i don't know what you're gonna say so about next week no i would not you can I'm not going to say anything. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being here with us. Please watch Bally Sports Southwest tonight, uh, 7 o'clock to 11, uh, 7 to 11 for Football Friday, and then 11 to 1 for High School Scoreboard Live. Craigway will be there because Kansas State, Texas, don't kick off till 6. Yeah. So it's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your video with us. Follow us on Twitter at TCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For the esteemed Ashley Pickle, I'm just Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Monday. Texas football today.